So to me, inspired leadership is all about animating and giving rise to others so they can be their best selves. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm Terry Lepofsky, and thanks for joining us today. This week, we're talking about introverts as leaders, and we have perhaps the leading authority on this topic with us today, a great friend and a very respected colleague, Beth Below from the Emerald City, Seattle, Washington. Beth, welcome to Inspiring Leaders. Hi, Terry. I am delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's good to hear your voice again. Beth and I have been part of a mastermind group over the last couple of years, eh, Beth? Yeah, it's been a few years, yeah. So I'm super happy that you joined us today because this is a topic that I'm hearing all over the place. Yeah, yeah. You know my first question that I love to ask people, what leader inspired you and why? Well, first, I have to thank you for providing the question in advance. That's a very introvert-friendly <laughs> thing to do, Terry. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> we like to have time to think. So someone that I have gotten to appreciate over the years is Gandhi. He is, at least by various accounts, he was an introvert, which, of course, endears him to me even more. But, you know, he was an introvert who led a massive movement that changed the lives of millions of people. It's not just that he was an introvert and he was a leader, but that he did it embracing and furthering a philosophy of nonviolent resistance. Oh, he did. Yeah. He stood up for what was wrong, but he didn't resort to violent war to do it. The more you read about him, the surface we see someone nonviolent resistance, peacemaking and, and all of that good stuff. As you dig, just as you if you dig with any leader or historical figure, you're going to find some contradictions. You will find nuance. You will find places where that person is wrong. They or they later, you know, course corrected. And so he was complicated and his positions evolved and he had nuance. And that's again something that I can appreciate that you can see a human being being a human being, changing over time, standing up for what they believe in. And I think now in these, you know, in these troubled times, which sounds so uh, cliche, but because when is it not a troubled time? I think especially now these days when it, when it seems like sometimes our knee-jerk reaction to things is either violent rhetoric or violent behavior that more than ever we need to lean into that philosophy that Gandhi made more mainstream and really embraced, which was of nonviolent resistance and nonviolent communication and just basically a nonviolent response. Well, I have to say, I really share your pick of the letter here because I find Gandhi to be an inspiring leader myself. The nonviolent resistance and protest to a situation that was just clearly wrong. Right. And I think that he really not just led a movement of tens of thousands, if not millions of people, but he really got people's emotion and heart into things. Mm -hmm. They saw the way he was protesting and the manner in which he was protesting. And how can you not have respect for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he literally walked the talk. Yeah, isn't that so? Yeah, and that to me is very inspiring. Well, Beth, we're here to talk about introvert leaders, so let's do that for a bit. You know what? I can't imagine how you got into coaching introverts because <laughs> you're such a type A extrovert. You know, you become a global expert on this topic. You even wrote the book on it as the saying goes, and, and actually that's quite serious. You've got an awesome book, which I've read a couple of times. It's The Introvert Entrepreneur. This was on Inc. Magazine's top 100 books of 2015, and it continues to sell like hotcakes. 
So I have to admit something. Mm -hmm. I think when I read your book, it really opened my eyes, but not just my eyes, but my mind. And in particular, I'll mention this part about your book where you talk about how introverts get their energy. Yeah. That, I think, is a bit of a misunderstood fact about how introverts operate. I think maybe even a few introverts misunderstand that. Since I've read the book, I became very aware of just how powerful introverts could be. One of my clients, a, a big corporation, when I found out that they prefer to hire introverts and to promote introverts into leadership positions, I went over to them. I recommended your book to them and They went out and bought at least a dozen copies and distributed it to their leadership teams. (laughs) And that's a true story. So now I see introverts differently. I see introverts as somewhat of a secret weapon for a lot of great organizations. And so this is what I was hoping to maybe cover off with you today. What is it that so many people like me are misunderstanding about introverts? And what makes all of you introverts such desired leaders? Well, I'm curious before I, I respond to that is where do you feel like you fall on the spectrum, Terry? Because we all have introvert and extrovert in us. Where do you feel like you are on that continuum? Well, that's a really good question. You know, almost every time I've done one of these assessments, like a DISC assessment or a Myers-Briggs or any one of these personality assessments, mm-hmm. I always end up in the bullseye, right in the middle. Uh-huh. I'm one of these uh, flexible folks who just can somewhat adapt to the situation. And when the extrovert skills need to come out, they'll come out. But when it suits me and those people around me better, I find that I'm very, very comfortable in more of an introvert uh, role, mm-hmm. allowing other people to take the lead if they so need to or, mm-hmm. or are better suited to it. So I think for myself, I'm one of those ones that just tends to adapt a little bit more. Well, and I think you started to offer part of my response right there when you talked about how when you are in that introvert space, you are more able to put the spotlight on others. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I think introverts are something of that secret weapon, because it's kind of a complex thing. It's like I can, it's like peeling back the layers of an onion as to why, but You can say part of it is because introverts tend to be good listeners. And that tends to be because we like to listen more than we like to talk. Or maybe you might even go so far as to say we don't enjoy talking a lot. Depends on the situation because, of course, get us in an environment where we feel passionately about something or we feel safe or we have been invited to speak, we can talk a blue streak just like anyone else. Like I think you and I mentioned, you know, I could talk for hours about this, right? At the same time, we have an awareness of the importance of listening to others, how to do that, why it's so important. And it's so important because The greatest gift that we can give other people is to really see and hear them. True. If an extrovert can cultivate that skill, and some of them might have it naturally, um, introverts might tend to have it naturally, and some might need to cultivate it. But if they can be in that space, that opens things up to put the spotlight on others, to let them, you know, bloom where they are planted, you know, to blossom, to contribute their own unique perspectives and gifts, um, rather than suffering. Sometimes it's challenging to talk about one side of this without kind of what's the flip side of it. The flip side to being able to shine that light on others is what Jim Collins in Good to Great calls the liability of charisma, which is that person that has that larger than life personality and energy that can seem very attractive and energizing for people at the very beginning of a relationship. By relationship, I mean like, you know, in in their leadership tenure or them being on your team. And that can, can draw you. That can also turn into those cases where people will say, well, they suck the energy out of the room because it's all on them. 
or they're not able to turn around and say, well, here's what I think. What do you think about this? Yeah, or maybe they say, well, enough about me. Let's talk about me. It's hard to talk about this also without making it sound like I'm saying, like, that's the typical extrovert because it's not. Right, yeah. We're talking about things that are often, uh, even things that we tend to prize in leaders. You know, we look at leaders and we want them to be sort of that charismatic, confident kind of person. Often that does tend to be someone who's exhibiting more extroverted traits. So that liability, that keeps people from coming forward when there's a problem. It keeps people from speaking up and offering their ideas. It can stifle innovation um, because people are afraid to challenge perhaps the, the ideas of that leader and make them even better than what they were originally presented. It's less perhaps about whether someone identifies as introvert or extrovert as it is, what kind of energy are they bringing to it? Is it that energy of kind of almost overbearing charisma or is it the energy of creating safe spaces where people can be seen and heard and contribute to the best of their ability. I think you just hit it on the head. This is really what changed my perceptions and my perspectives a lot. I think maybe I grew up in a time when the charismatic extrovert was the person that was usually put into place. They were the CEOs. Mm -hmm. But then after we started seeing some examples where perhaps the ego starts to get in the way. WorldCom is one. Nortel is another. The old gold mining company, Briax, would be a third one. I know that there are many, many other ones out there, but mm. I think after a while, we started realizing that charisma was good in some ways, but it could also be dangerous in other ways. And it's not to say that extroverts are not good leaders. They are good leaders. They're great leaders. Exactly. But I think our perceptions of the value of the introvert has really come around in a huge way. Yeah, I mean, huge kudos to that client of yours who said, I actually seek out introverts because I have seen in the past, you know, in the past 10 years, job descriptions that are basically saying either explicitly or implicitly introverts need not apply. A huge loss because they can bring the symbol is there as a visual reminder of the importance of having a balance of different kinds of energies. And then within that, having a piece of each energy present. So if we exclude introverts from the equation, we're missing an entire depth and breadth of perspective that we wouldn't otherwise have. So true. I mentioned this before, Beth. What about this thing of where introverts get their energy? This I found fascinating. Please, let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah, introverts, I tend to think of introvert less as a personality trait and more as an energetic trait. And it's because of this that introverts gain energy through solitude and lower stimulation environments. And we will drain energy when we're in higher stimulation and more social environments. And extroverts are and I don't like to think of these as opposites, but, you know, just for simplicity, they're opposite of that. They gain energy through social interaction and higher stimulation, and they will drain energy if they have too little stimulation or if they're left, you know, to their own devices for too long. This is where I saw my inner introvert come out is when I read this part. Yeah. I started realizing that's how I operate. You know, going to these social events and these big networking events, I love them and I really enjoy them. I do have to kind of push myself when I am in those environments, but I find that's when I'm back alone, that's when I feel my energy building up and the reserves building. I always think we have to unplug to recharge. So it's kind of the opposite of plugging in your phone. You know, we have to sort of distance ourselves a bit just to fill up that battery again. That is part of the crux of misunderstandings, I think, whether it's a leader or a team or a family member or a friend, that the average introvert can be very outgoing, can be very social. But when they're done, they're done. And in order to be outgoing, be social, be the leader, be in front of the group, they need to retreat and unplug to recharge. 
And depending on how well the introvert communicates that and how well everyone else understands that can lead to a lot of misunderstandings where they think, oh, they're withdrawing or they're mad or can't handle it. You know, the truth is we can, you know, go to the party, we can stand in the group, we can be a really strong leader. What's necessary in order to do that is for us to be able to retreat and unplug and recharge our batteries. Because if we don't do that, then we will end up having this sort of meltdown kind of moment. And if people don't understand that, then they can think that when we retreat, that we're withdrawing or that we are angry or upset or that we just can't handle it. Like we don't have the stamina. Maybe that's how they get their energy. Maybe that's just their presence. And Can we understand that and be more accepting of those differences? Um, Because not everybody is going to be bouncing off the walls all the time. Very, very true. This is something that's always amazed me. You've done some research and you found some people out there that may be a little bit surprising to some folks as being introverts. What, What are some names that perhaps others might recognize or might be familiar names? They might be leaders. They might be entertainers. They're in the public eye, but these are introverts. Let's do some name dropping for fun. Because it's kind of like the Goldwater rule. You know, unless you've worked closely and personally with someone, it's not quite fair to diagnose. (laughs) (laughs) But that said, at least it seems like all indicators point that our past president, Barack Obama, was an introvert. And I would tend to agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, when you think about it, it's not that shocking. Yeah. It makes sense, doesn't it? Probably um, we're very complementary to both his strengths and the things that he found challenging. And so that's, I think that's one of the keys to being a strong leader is you surround yourself with people that have what you don't or have skills that build on and personality traits that build on what you have. And I think he was always surrounding himself with people that are going to lift you up. And he was very thoughtful. If you watch his speaking style, especially if it's off the cuff, he's very articulate, full, very measured. There are all sorts of other things that you can point to that seem to indicate that tendency. There's corporate giants, of course, Bill Gates. Yeah, for sure. Steve Jobs was up for debate. (laughs) Maybe more so in his latter career than in the earlier career. I know. Bill Bill Conant of um, Campbell Soup. Right. Live an introverted leader. Mark Zuckerberg, you know, also an introvert. So, you know, talk about contradiction, right? The largest social network in the world. Yeah. You know, founded and led by an introvert. But in some ways, it makes a heck of a lot of sense when you think about social media can be a very introvert friendly place. Good point. For us to express ourselves. So it kind of makes sense that you would find introverts and in technology that do that. And then, of course, the field of entertainment is full of them. Julie Roberts, I believe, like for some reason, now that you've asked me this, I'm drawing a blank on some of the the bigger (laughs) Of course. Um, Kate Blanchett, Steve Martin has been identified as an introvert, Jennifer Lawrence, Definitely Kristen Stewart. Wasn't Robin Williams an introvert too? I believe Robin, I do. I believe Robin Williams was an introvert, you know, and that's one of those cases. A lot of comedians identify as an introvert. Yeah. David Letterman. True. And I think this is one reason why introverts can be really strong leaders is because we assume a role. And that's not to say that it's, that it's fake or that we're, you know, putting on a facade when we have sort of, you know, and I've learned this myself throughout my own career, identity or something that's sort of outside of myself that I can grab onto then I lean into that and I let that kind of do the extroverting for me. Mm-hmm. So it, for an introvert, as an actor, for instance, you know, to get lost in a role is actually makes a lot of sense because they're appearing on stage, yes, and they're being very public, but it's not about them. It's about whatever character they're playing or whatever world they're creating and inhabiting. And so they have that little bit of buffer 
between the personal and the private and the professional and the public that enables them to like show up and be that superstar, but still be able to, they've got those introvert qualities and strengths that allow them to retreat and study, research, dive into a role. And I think leaders probably find that same thing too, that it's a role that they're playing and it's absolutely expressing a genuine part of themselves, but it's also recognizing that's not their whole self, that they also have this part that needs downtime, quiet, and privacy. Before I wrap up, I ask people this question, which is, uh, what challenges do you see facing many of today's leaders? Let's change that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's change that to say, what challenges do you see facing many of today's introvert leaders? You know, I thought about this question in advance, and I don't know if my answer changes based on the twist. <laughs> you can answer the other one. I, well, I see this every day in watching my husband, who is also an introvert and, and a leader of a local nonprofit art organization. Yeah. There is tremendous pressure um, to adapt to a really rapidly changing social landscape, especially around issues of race and gender and economic and generational changes. They all require reaching out into the community, having a lot of conversations doing a lot of listening. You know, organizations like, you know, for instance, he, he runs a symphony. They've been around for, you know, decades and decades. All of the assumptions that they've made about, you know, who they are and what their place is in the community have been turned upside down. You know, they're not the only ones. I think that that's happening all over. It can be a struggle to keep up with all of that. And he's finding, and I, you know, so I use him as an example because I see this every day, but I think it's probably true for a lot of leaders. Your role is changing. You are required to reach out, to bring in differences of opinion, bring in all of the information that's coming your way that's going to help you to adapt. And it's not always going to be comfortable. And it's going to push, especially as an introvert, it's probably going to like push your boundaries of even expending your energy of you're going to have more meetings, you're going to have more phone calls, you're going to have more conversations, and it's going to be tiring. And it's really important. All of this change, all of this being turned upside down is not a bad thing. But it's making things that used to be pretty simple into adding a layer of complexity that sometimes we feel like this is not what I signed up for. Okay, now here's my last question. What does inspired leadership mean to you, Beth? Well, to inspire means to breathe in. And when I think of that definition in that context, inspired leadership means that you're creating space for conversations. You're basically creating space to breathe. And when you do that, when you create space to breathe, then you're allowing space for curiosity and listening and learning and respect and faith, which creates a culture in which innovation and commitment can thrive. That's one aspect of it. And then in another context, to inspire means to animate or give rise to. And the best leaders that I know know how to do that for themselves and for others. So for introverts, that means you're honoring your introvert preferences. In order for you to be animated, for you to rise to your highest self, you need to take care of your energy. You need to make sure you've got ample downtime, that you are honoring those preferences. And so when a leader is able to do that for themselves, then they can do it for others. So they can raise others up and hold them to their highest selves and not tear them down. So to me, inspired leadership is all about animating and giving rise to others so they can be their best selves. Oh, incredible answers, particularly identified with your first one. It's breathing mm -hmm. in and taking that mm -hmm. break and giving yourself the space to be able to think and consider, learn from past experiences and anticipate future. My goodness, what a great answer, Beth. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. This has been a really fascinating conversation. I think it's going to be one that really resonates with a lot of people out there. Now, you do a lot of different things. You're coaching, you've got a book, you've got groups. Give us a little run through with that. 
and let us know how can people connect with you? Well, the best place to, you know, find all things The Introvert Entrepreneur is to go to theintrovertentrepreneur.com. Okay. Things that I'm particularly excited about are my podcast. I was so pleased when you decided, Terry, to do a podcast and congratulations on your success so far. Well, you're my inspiration, Beth. You and Dave Stahoviak with the Coaching for Leaders podcast. You two are fabulous and you do such a great job with your podcast. Thank you. People can find that and decide for themselves, I guess, on iTunes called The Introvert Entrepreneur, as is the book, which you can find on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, wherever fine books are sold. And that's available paperback, audiobook, or electronic book. An offering that I have just new here in 2017, and that's virtual networking for introverts. Once a month, we get together on the Zoom video conferencing platform. We have a guest speaker who shares some wisdom with us for about 20 minutes or so. No, that sounds really cool. Now, listen, I'm going to put all of the links to these things into the show notes. So, or you can go to my website at ubiquityleadership.com slash podcast, and you'll find all of the show notes and the background information about Beth there. Beth, thank you again for joining us. This has been great. And so cool to reconnect with you, too. Same here, Terry. Thank you so much. Thanks again for being part of our quest to make inspired leadership ubiquitous. Wherever you are, we hope that we've helped to inspire you and that you'll pay it forward by inspiring others. And just a reminder to support us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud with your ratings and comments. That support is hugely appreciated. Until next time, take care, everyone.